Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people try to find and succumb to love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall, and we're off to a blazing start on this Friday evening sure in YYC. Kyle, how are you? I mean, I'm doing fine. We always record these a few weeks ahead of time, but uh, I watched uh, yeah, Tick, Kyle tick, ruining the magic there. I'm just ruining, ruining the, the magic. magic. Oh, I only say that because I watched Tick Tick Boom last night oh, uh, and cried for the Garfield. last 45 minutes. <laughs> so really, I love Andrew Garfield. Out. Was he as was he as good as they say he is? Well, I'm always a little bit biased on that because I love Andrew Garfield. Like have a deep passion. I think he is brilliant at what he does. So yes, I think he does a great job. Is a quick answer to that. That's great. So uh yeah, if you're into the mood for crying and sobbing, although I will say I have a hard time believing that people will love it as much as I do if you're not a musical theater fan only because there are some deep cuts that they put in there for like musical theater fans. I'm like, no one knows what they're talking about. No one knows what they're talking about. A film for the fans. That's exactly what it is. How about you, Jen? How's your, how's your week? Uh, yeah, not bad. Not bad. It's Friday night. I'm happy to be spending it with you as mm-hmm. always, Kyle. Mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. looking good today. You're looking Thank good. You. I like the, I like the yellow shirt. It matches the yellow the background. Yellow walls, like you yeah. look, you look, you look good. You look good. How you feeling? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm okay. <laughs> well, wait a minute before you, before you answer that. Let's uh, let's officially go to the relationship scorecard, shall we? Yeah, ding ding over here. So here's how the last uh, few days have have gone like for me. So earlier this week, I matched with a gentleman on Tinder. I was like, oh, okay, cool, another match. But the last person, of course, we were talking about decided he doesn't want to talk to me anymore, I guess, because he won't respond to text messages. And so I'm like, fine, going to go back out online. And we start this little conversation. Pretty soon into there, they were like, hey, instead of talking on here, let's jump on over to WhatsApp. Now, that's not an immediate red flag for me, but I don't know if I've told you this or not. I had this really bad streak here earlier in the year. Where every single time, this happened three times in a row. Three times in a row. That's not huge. First of all, that's not a huge streak. Something happening three times is not a huge streak, but okay. Is it happening to you? All right, this moderate streak that happened. This moderate streak that happened three times in a row where they were like, hey, let's go over to WhatsApp. Here's my WhatsApp number. And then I jump over to there and it basically turns into a Bitcoin scheme where they want me to invest in Bitcoin. <gasps> it happened oh a bunch God. of times. Anyway, so he says, I want to jump on over to WhatsApp. I'm like, oh, okay, is this where this is going to? Anyways, we go back and forth and they eventually, uh, he eventually asks me, it's like, so where are you right now? And I was like, uh, well, I'm in Calgary. I was like, oh, I love Canadians. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Wait, what? I you were in Calgary. What are you talking about? He's like, actually, I'm in Thailand. Oh, for fuck's sake. I was like, well, that doesn't really do it for <laughs> me. Be- so uh, this is how I kind of found out. I mean, like tangentially understood this, but apparently people can basically say, I want to search for people within my Tinder profile in a certain city. So I could say, like, I just want to look for people in New York because I'm going to travel to New York or whatever. Uh, Or you can just like, I'm going to go worldwide. I'm just going to match with anyone I match worldwide. And I wasn't paying attention probably and just said, whatever, swipe right. And we we matched up. I was in a particularly low point here uh, in the middle of the week. And uh, one morning he started sending uh, sexually suggestive pictures to me and then i reciprocated and then i was like and this is literally this is what happened i push send on a provocative message jen and i had this sudden flash in my head like why am i why am i debasing myself what am i doing what is happening right now so i like deleted the the picture deleted the conversation blocked him on whatsapp blocked him on on tinder it's like i'm done i'm just walking away from this scorched earth policy i'm just not i'm not looking back Threw the match behind me as the building explodes. And so that's been my week, Jen. <laughs> that's oh my, my scorecard. <sighs> oh, my God. I feel like had you sent the message and not deleted mm-hmm. all the infrastructure, the Twitter poll for this week would have been like, do you think Kyle's going to wind up on 90 Day Fiance mm-hmm. or Dateline? Exactly. Oh, God. Kyle, get it together. <laughs> get it together. I am barely holding on, Jen. I am... <laughs> I'm going to go full on mental breakdown, I'm pretty sure, in a couple weeks. I realized at about three in the morning this week that I actually have some very 
qualified advice. Of all the unqualified advice I've given on this podcast, I actually have qualified advice. This is going to seem so trivial, but just stay with me. I'd like to issue a public service announcement to anyone out there, men or women who date other women. Anybody dating women is basically what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Never date a woman with bangs. (laughs) Why? (laughs) (laughs) Because bangs are like avocados. They're never right, never right, never right. And then they're ripe for five minutes and then they're not right again. Then they're dead. And bangs are the same way. They're too short, too short, too short, just right for five minutes, then they're too long. (laughs) And I feel like women with bangs, and I'm saying this as a person who has bangs, had bangs all my life. We're never satisfied. Women who have bangs are never satisfied. I really, I actually (laughs) devoted a lot of midnight thinking to this idea around of all the red flags you guys should have out there. If she has bangs, get out of there. If they're from Thailand and they have bangs, get out of there. What you're saying here is that if I ever notice that you have trimmed your hair and to have bangs again, it's a cry for help. Like you are, you're a signal to the world that you have officially given up then at that point. I've always had bangs and right now they are so short and it is just ruining everything. It just takes the magic of Jen away from everything, honestly. It's so, it's so stupid. Anyway, so I was thinking that was my qualified advice. Well, well, thank you for that. However, if you are, you know, startling awake at 3 a.m. thinking about bangs for women, uh, what does that mean for Jesus? (laughs) If that's what's top of mind for you this week. (laughs) Um, well, I, you know, Jesus is a smart man. And so his, his thoughts this week are, Hey, uh, you want to, want to maybe grow those out? You feeling ready to be done with bangs? So he's figured out what's up on that. By the way, we should just point out that this is the person that you were dating currently who looks like Jesus. Just so if people are confused. Um, I think more seriously, we're not, we're not dating. We're going on dates. I think that's a date. I'm, I okay. struggle right. with labels. Um, but no, we're going on dates. And yeah, so I've been kind of all over the map. What, like last week, I'm like, remember we talked, I'm really struggling with like really being in the carnage of my last relationship mm-hmm. and just doing like a stellar job of taking all of the noise and chaos of that previous relationship and just applying it like a lacquer on top of this new glossy relationship. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to be better at that. But I will admit that I'm like, I'm like a feral cat. I'm like, like something is like I'm two steps in and then like a hundred steps back and then two steps in. And I hate that because, you know, Mm. I'm so mean to women who are like brand crazy. But now I feel like right now I'm brand crazy. What does that mean? I feel like I'm just, I I can't settle. I'm just Mm. like this like jumpy little, every time one little thing happens that I don't like, I'm like, ah, bye. Because I just... I'm like, please don't let me get caught into something that's awful and degradating and and hard to deal with. And I think that what I'm trying to do is because I'm so like (laughs) jaded and traumatized that I'm like, uh, if this is just going to fail, let's just let it fail now. Poor Jesus is like, okay, buddy, like you have to have a little more, like a little more endurance and resilience. And I'm like, oh yeah, I have none of that. I have none of that. So once again, it's you know, I'm I'm kind of liking this person, but I'm just a nut. I'm a nut in this relationship. I got to get it together. I got to get it together. Has he classified you as such or is that just still your own description of what's going on? No, that's my own description. If he were to self-identify me as a nut, I would be like, bye, bye. <laughs> Slam. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry to our religious listeners about me going sacrilegious <laughs> here for one second, but all I've been, been able to think about now is like jesus up on the cross but with bangs and (laughs) (laughs) and that's just such an image that is terrible that's very offensive to our one religious listener brad we're so sorry okay so like usually i set the tone for these episodes just to pull back the curtain a little bit more since kyle's intent on ruining the magic of this (laughs) usually i am like this is what i think we should talk about this week but you sent me a note and you're like we are talking about crushes yeah. So why don't you tell me why we're talking about that on Friday night? I went all alpha male on you for the first time in my entire yes, life. Yes, you did. <laughs> that was tough. Okay, why are we talking about it? Okay, honestly, this is 
mostly a cry for help <laughs> and really oh well no it's it's I, i'm i'm using you for therapy is really what i'm going to do so i feel oh. bad about this okay. but there is i don't even know how much i want to reveal not that i think they're going to listen to this or anyone who knows them is going to oh listen to this but just in case Kyle reveal it all reveal <laughs> it all so I'm really into Elon Musk, and I really think that there's a connection. No, here's the thing. I am head over heels in infatuation Whoa. with somebody. Okay. And this okay. is not like a celebrity type of thing, right? Where like you're crushing hard on the leader of a boy band or something like that. Something where there is a huge like power discrepancy or it's like they have no idea who I am. I have met this person. I've interviewed this person. Uh, we have each other's phone number occasionally. like, And I mean like... There'll be months in between. We'll text each other. And I think, because I'm 70 years old, I think they're the bee's knees, Jen. No, I just think that they are wonderful. I think they are funny. I think they're smart. I think they're super good looking. There is only like this huge, huge problem among multiple in that not only do we not live in the same city, uh, we don't even live in the same country. And also, oh God, does he live in Thailand? I'm sorry, oh is this God. where this has been going? No, the whole no, no, time? no, 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 no. Oh, they they okay. live in the United States. And the the other thing, it's probably much more of a big deal. I do think this is labeled a crush specifically. Like this is not me misreading signs or anything. I really do think this is a very one sided affair where I am infatuated with them. And I do not believe for one second that there is a reciprocation, that it is only like friendships as colleagues, that that is how they look at myself but it sucks because it's like ugh, like i even went so far here a couple weeks ago jen and did my own little informal like twitter poll <laughs> so here's the deal eventually this guy doesn't live in the same city as me do i say anything or do i just shut up and overwhelmingly people said just go for it just say it just do something and i was like oh yeah that's because that's the way people are yeah, everyone wants their yeah. like romantic comedy moment but i mean i, I just don't see that yeah. ending well I don't know. So I'm asking. I'm really, I'm the one coming and asking for advice this week. So I try to shut up and try and get over this as much as I can, or do I keep obsessing over this this person? Okay. So the first thing is like, who listening is surprised that you have said? I think it's totally one sided because every week you come on this podcast and you're like the Eeyore fatalistic content curator of this podcast by the way my tail has fallen off again jen and it'll never get back on <laughs> as oh no it's yeah. raining i think that when it comes to crushes you have to manage by fact mm -hmm. like what evidence do you have that it's one-sided because you're telling me i text him and he texts me back you're saying that you have great rapport, you have good chemistry. Like, you know, I think sometimes we throw out this whole like, you know, let me mentally steal myself for the mortification that will inevitably come. And I think it does actually stop us from investigating the facts and clouding them with feelings. Like you've worked with me <laughs> professionally and you've heard me say the question all the time, which is the first question I ask in anything we do, which is what do we know to be true? Not what do we think? What does our intuition tell us? What can we manufacture to keep ourselves safe, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, right outside of your podcast studio, there is a sign that changes every Monday. And this week, the sign says, the only limits you, you have are the ones you set. Let me just ask you, Kyle, what do you, what do you know to be true? I guess where I really come down as far as why I say it's so one-sided is that they never start a conversation. Like, they're not the ones who will initiate a text or a tweet or anything like that. They will continue if I keep going at it, but it's not something that they ever initiate. So that's, that's where I'm at. I also think, again, it's, we live in two different countries. So even if there was, like, the possibility, I think... Let's see. Let's say the best case. Let's Why say best case scenario, Jen. Let's say best case scenario. That's like, oh yeah, we're both like totally down to clown with one another. I think. Oh my God, bees knees down to clown. We should be tallying these up. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I have all the relevant sayings. I don't know. I feel like there is this idea that there's no way for this to be pursued anyways so why even begin why why are you not permitted to legally go to the united states like do you have did you murder a man there is a dossier that is written up about me that i am not allowed in 48 of the 50 is just states it's just a ruse no tell me like if you were to say like yeah i'm into you tell me why you couldn't pack a bag and go there 
Come on, go ahead. There's nothing. There is nothing. I, I don't know. I don't want to even oh, just approach the, that conversation. Just the, <laughs> just the limit. Just the limit that you set for yourself. Oh, okay, yeah. good, good, good. That we established that. That the only person that's putting limits on this thing is you. So what so, you're great. saying is that I should fly to the United States and show up on their door with like love actually you know with me, a Kyle. sign that just like <laughs> reveals itself. Well, you know me, Kyle. Like I don't think that there's a lot of problems that can't be solved with really great undergarments and a trench coat. We've talked about this before. <laughs> like you just kind of know this about me. But in this case, I think that there there has to be some value in asking the question, right? It's just it's just about how we measure a trade-off, right? Mm-hmm. Which is more painful to you? The potential of a little bit of embarrassment, right? Because if they really are a true friend, then you you can plow through it. Or is it the fear of a misconnection? Which mm. is the trade-off that is, is unbearable to you? Not knowing or a little bit of embarrassment? I just get so scared. I am so unconfident in this type of stuff. I know that for sure, if I found out in, I don't know, pick a number, 5, 10, 15 years, I'm like, oh no, like I was totally into you, that I would feel so gutted. <laughs> you know what? I don't even think that it's 5, 10, or 15 years. I think if it's one day. Right, right, If right. it's one day and you're like, this is a lived experience to me because I remember in college, this is a crazy, and all of these people listen to this podcast, so talk about telling some tales. I had a friend group and there were four of us, me and my one girlfriend mm-hmm. and then two guy friends. And it was always the four of us. We did everything together. We were totally inseparable. And I liked one of these guys and I took him to dinner and said, I really like you. And I really think like, I'm really worried about what this is going to do to our friend group, but I really like you. And I think I can't not say something because if you like me too, then I'm just, I have to say something like not knowing isn't tolerable to me. And he was like, you know what? I, you know, I kind of think you're cool, but I just got out of a long-term relationship and I don't want to jump into another one. And I was like, oh, this sucks so hard. And then, you know, we continued to be friends. And then I ended up dating the other guy in our friend group for two and a half years. I was like friends over here. And for exactly the two and a half years that I dated that guy, the other guy was like, oh, I made a terrible mistake. Mm. And I will absolutely guarantee you that had he had the courage to come to me and say, I know that this, this will definitely shake up our friend group, but I realize that I like you. I bet you anything. He and I would be married and and together. Like that relationship would have gone the long haul. Mm. Instead, what happened was 10 years later when I was married to someone else and he's married to someone else, we come back from our high school, from our college reunion. And he has to have this awkward moment where he's like, I think you were it. I think you were it. I mean, I'm happy Oof. with who I'm with and I know you are too, but this was a misconnection. And I'm like, you tell me this now? Right. This is you a t- little bit so it's too not, late. It's not just about being fair to yourself. It's also about being fair to that other person. Love and relationships and romance isn't just about trying to create your own experience. It's about you giving information to other people to help them to curate their own experience, right? There's a reciprocity to this that I think we so often forget because we're so concerned with being guarded, right? Protect myself. But you're protecting yourself at the cost of potentially allowing that other person to explore and feel feelings that are real mm-hmm. and are presented in front of them and are a real viable option. Yeah, this is this is going to go. We'll see if this makes the cut because this is almost going too far afield. But it does really remind me. I have to be now very careful. <laughs> so I'm going to be. I'm going to withhold some information. This happened oh, a couple years ago. For God's sake, Kyle, just tell us what's going on. Uh, I will. I just like to save to protect the 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 innocent. A couple years ago girl that i used to work with who was married with kids reached out to me on facebook messenger and like kind of laid that out i was like i've always been in love with you and i was like i mean <laughs> i i'm not gonna be that guy i'm sorry like i like yes there was an attraction there when we worked with each other years ago but like you're married with kids like i'm not i'm not down with that like that you missed the boat I'm not a home wrecker yeah, yeah just say it i'm yeah. not a home wrecker again that probably isn't the best way to do it but what mm. how different would you would your life be now if she would right. have said to you right in that moment, I, I like you. And you're like, oh, my God, I like you, too. That's us making a connection, right? Like, oh, man, I feel like share, like the pride 
Oh boy. Oh, I thought you People meant like pride. C H E R for a second. Like, what does Cher have to do with this? <laughs> no, she, I did mean Cher. Oh, yeah. okay. Cher. If she if has in her song, time? I can turn back time. She talks about being too proud. Yeah. And it's a lot of the same thing there, right? If we're just too proud, I don't know. Well, I what What is it about this, Jen? Why is temporary embarrassment so hard to overcome? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know why it's such a mental block for me sometimes. Well, it's about, it's, it's about, loss like being vulnerable it's not about embarrassment it's about vulnerability i think we have to really understand the difference right like there's there's being embarrassed which is awful sometimes i lay in bed and i just do like a highlight reel of all the times i've embarrassed myself and it's you know crippling and demoralizing at the same time but here i think we have to we have to delineate the difference between embarrassment and vulnerability because that's ultimately what it takes when you're talking about a crush it takes vulnerability and courage to say i feel something Hmm. and i have to explore that like i said before exposing a crush is not just about you it's about really never knowing what's on the other side of that crush and i can't I'll take the embarrassment over the not knowing, not knowing, finding. And maybe that's just because my personal experience has been that I've had someone come back 10 years later and be like, yeah, there was something there. I wish I would have said something. But then there's also the flip side, right? We do have to be fair that there's the there's the flip side of crushes, right? Like if you were to ask, like, why do we actually have crushes? It's because we love the fantasy of it. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm not surprised to hear you say that this girl reached out to you and she was married with kids. Because sometimes when you're in a marriage and you've got a family and your whole life is like you're looking out at your whole life, you can sometimes think, what's the fantasy? Mm-hmm. Well, the fantasy was this this podcaster, this tall, dark and handsome <laughs> podcaster that I used to work with. Right. If so your deepest you know, you fantasy get... is to date a podcaster. There is so much more wrong in your life. I'm sorry. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Kyle, what are you talking about? We're two podcasters oh, right. looking okay. for love on a podcast called Somebody Date Jen and Kyle. What are you doing? Speak for yourself, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so, that was terrible. <laughs> Coming back to what I'm saying, because what you're saying is bullshit. You know, we, we can sometimes create the entire person. We create an entire narrative around something that we see. Right. I, I was thinking about it this this week because you were like, OK, I want to talk about crushes. And I was like, oh, God, this will be a weird week because I don't have anything to contribute. And then I really got thinking about it. And yeah, no, nope. I've had a lot of crushes in my life and I've had a lot of awkward conversations, including one earlier this year. And so I'm like, I think nobody's immune to crushes, but mm-hmm. I think you have to look at the point in time that a crush can occur. Like, do are you are you seeking the fantasy of it? Do you actually know this person very, very well? Sounds to me like in your case, you actually do. Mm -hmm. In my case, I can hear someone say five words and wrap an entire narrative around them. (laughs) We're like, this is who they are. This is what they do. This is what their values are. I just ignore all the red flags because I'm just like, why do birds suddenly, like I'm just in the whole thing, right? Um, that's different. One is healthy, one is not. But we also have to acknowledge the biological piece of this, right? When you have that fantasy, it produces an exceptional amount of dopamine mm-hmm. and oxytocin in the brain, right? It actually does something that no other, that very few other things can replicate, right? So especially if you're sex deprived, you're like, oh my God, this is having this fantasy, especially an all-consuming fantasy, would feel pretty good. I mean, I feel called out with that statement that you just made, Jen, but okay. Oh, <gasps> really? <laughs> I didn't, that was not my intention. Right, That's right. not my intention. You know, we we love fantasy. We love fantasy. Like, think about, well, let me just ask you this question off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Tell me your favorite sex scene in a movie. Oh my God. I've been actually asking this of people. Tell me your favorite sex scene in a movie. The, only, the one that honestly jumps to mind first, this is such a, like an obscure reference like, probably for most people. There is a movie from 1972 called The Heartbreak Kid uh, that stars Charles Grodin and Sybil Shepard. It's not really that you're quote sex scene where you're under the sheets and like passionately kissing, but it is probably one of the most erotic scenes I've ever seen because they both want to be with each other. And because of plot complications, they can't touch one another, but they get as close as they possibly can and have this conversation and it's like i think it's one of the the best scenes i've ever seen in a movie and what fantasy does that play off for you well it's mostly because they are having such an emotional connection with one another ah with their clothes okay. off but what still. else <laughs> it's also about suspended and anim- like right. suspended tension right and 
that to me, I think would be very sexy to a brand like you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree I right? with that. Yeah. My favorite sex scene in a movie is Jerry Maguire, where he takes her up to the door and he's, you know, kissing her and the, the, she snaps the spaghetti strap and he sexily ties it. So it's the idea of that sweet tenderness. And then he takes her to the bedroom and he's like, I'm in charge. And that hits all of my, right, right, right. That t- ticks all of my boxes. That's kind of on brand uh, for you too. Yeah. yeah. So I think we have to acknowledge that, you know, the, the fantasy says a lot of, about us and the fantasy that we would apply to crushes would be the same thing. It's the same chemical release. I mean, I think this may be partly why there's sometimes those people who get into serial dating, like they always are onto the next person, probably because they just love that idea of like, oh, this is the new they person. The high. I'm chasing that high. Well, do you want to get into the fishbowl? Do I ever? Look at your nice little keys in there. Yeah, all right, I'll just take those Get your out. little keys in there. Um, let's cover this first one. Uh, oh, this is good. What are some questions I can ask my crush to see if she likes me? Yes, Jen. What What are some questions you can ask without saying, hey, do you like me? Well, I obviously am a fan of that question. Do you like me? Check yes or no. I'm just going to give you this sheet of paper. Yeah, and... ch- yes, no, or maybe. Yeah. yeah, I think that it's not just what questions you can ask, but I think it's also, I think it's also like watching their behavior. I think it's always in the, in the nonverbal communication that all the cues really reveal themselves, right? Does she, you know, take great interest in what you're talking about? Does she ask a bunch of questions? Is she not just waiting for an opportunity to talk about herself? Mm-hmm. I brought this up a few weeks ago and I got your mail that you were mad about it but i'm gonna say it again women are like monkeys they do not let go of a branch until they have a firm (laughs) hold on another i've said this before and it pissed people right off but i'm not i'm i'm not letting go of it all women are monkeys (laughs) is what we're trying to say (laughs) yeah but no like if they make plans with you again before the evening is over they're trying to sort of hold on to that branch as they swing to the next event with you And that should be paid careful attention to, right? Just like how I dread misconnections, I think women more than men, and I appreciate that this is a big generalization, but I do think that women have a penchant for not wanting to have a misconnection either. So Mm -hmm. I think it's about really paying attention to those cues that she's giving you around how, how much is she into what you're talking about? How much symmetry is she trying to have in the conversation around you talk, she talks, you talk, but she's always tossing it back to you for... For your own, you know, conversation. It's about asking about their availability. Talk to them about relationships. Like, are you single? Like, what are you looking for in a person? And people are not slick. They'll be like, if they're like, oh, well, like if it was you and I, and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I like guys who, you know, are in the media space and they're tall and they wear round glasses and like where people can be pretty obvious. Right. So like get into the spaces and follow the line of questioning about the things they want to talk about. (laughs) They're they're sitting about two feet away from me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. They love movies and podcasting about them. Like it just, you know, people make it pretty obvious if you, if you Mm. give them the space to do it and then pay attention to what they're talking about. They're incessantly talking about that, you know, the time that their grandma died. They're probably just one friend. But if they're talking about like, you know, this is what I'm looking for. These are the things I'm into. If they're trying to impress you, mm-hmm. like let yourself be wooed. Don't be like Kyle when he tells that story about like a girl hitting on him at the bus stop. And he's just like, okay, bye. G- gets on the bus. Like, you gotta kind of- <laughs> just walk away. And- <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta follow the cues, follow the cues. And that's what I think. What do you think, Kyle? I don't know how much I'm going to be able to add to this. I think you're right. I think you need to test the waters, so to speak, to see uh, if they're interested or not. You know, the thing that you were that I was immediately thinking about, there's this story I was reading the other day. Of all people, again, this is another kind of somewhat of a movie reference, but Sandra Bullock and Keanu Reeves starred in a couple of movies with each other. But they have actually gone on the record of saying, like, we don't know why we didn't date each other because we both liked each other and both kind of wanted to move to the next level. And neither one of oh, us was a way to make the first step. And wouldn't they have been, like, the they have been a great couple? Honestly. Yeah. Well, they even told this story, like, they were having this conversation and Sandra Bullock just made the offhand comments, like, you know what I've never had? I've never had champagne and truffles before. And then two days later, Keanu Reeves shows up on his motorcycle <laughs> brings her front door and is like hey i was just in the neighborhood here's some champagne and some truffles that you were mentioning that you, you should have them now and then they went and had a conversation on her couch instead of the bedroom and i think that's the wrong trajectory that that relationship should have gone in 
So don't be like nice. Keanu is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, don't be like Keanu. And Sandra, don't put it on. Don't just put it on him. Yeah, yeah. Put it on her too, right? Takes two. Can uh, I read the next question? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I have this girl in my friend group and I honestly cannot tell if she's crushing on me or if she's just really, really nice. If I blow this, I'll also blow up my friend group. How do I know if she's crushing on me? And should I even try to find out? I feel like all the questions on the fishbowl are going to be very similar here this week. And mm. uh, as, as I was kind of saying here at the beginning, I'm kind of going through, well, not this exact thing, but it's, it's that idea. Like you do have to make a decision at some point. There is a link you sent me earlier this week here, Jen, because we were prepping for this episode. And I think that there are some somewhat other cues that you can think back on. And as Jen kind of very smartly put it here at the beginning like what do you know that is factually true so when you say that she is just being nice does that mean she's always trying to sit beside you she's always asking questions about you trying to find out more recalling things that you have previously said like the thing about it is that if you have the opportunity my crush i'm not in the same vicinity as them you it sounds like you you are if you can see that this person is being nicer to you than she is to other people on a regular basis i would say that that's a good sign that she's probably into you as a romantic partner this is my technical answer mm. and forgive this drop here kyle not that i'm you know not that i boast or brag <laughs> but i you went to a school so outside studied- of boston yeah yeah. So when I went to Harvard, um, we were taught this this trick called choice architecture. And I don't think anyone's ever thought to apply it to the romantic relationship space. So let me be a pioneer in doing that. Mm-hmm. I think that what you do in this case, because you fear a big loss, right? If you come forward, you fear a loss that it will shake up your friend group. And I've been there. I've been there. I chose to be bold. If you're not feeling the courage to be bold and you want to protect yourself a little bit more, create what I'm calling a choice architecture, which is give them all the breadcrumbs to lead them to a place where they can call out where they're at. Create an architecture, create an environment where they have every choice available to them with no consequences of anything bad happening. So that means saying things like openly trying to have conversations about relationships. Like if she's into you and really, really nice, she'll be open to talking about relationships. And then you just start to drop these little nuggets around the architecture. Like I've always wanted to be the kind of guy that makes it easy for a girl to say, I like you. I have always wanted to be a kind person so that if somebody ever says I have feelings, whether I reciprocate them or not, there's no consequence because there's nothing more important to me than maintaining a friendship, right? You just start to drop all these little, all these little statements. And if, if then that person can't come forward, then you know, it probably wasn't meant to be, but by being able to, to give them every conscious piece of information in their mind to say, if I say, I like you or I like you, that that message is going to be received and that I'm paying attention and I'm seeing that that moment could be on the horizon. I think it, mm-hmm. I think that that's the right way to move forward. I, I would, I would create a choice architecture. It's the uh, Hansel and Gretel test. You just keep leaving yes. those breadcrumbs. <laughs> yes. But like, let's apply it back to what you talked about at the top of this episode, which is if you, if this person that you like had been like, it started to say things like, you know, I'm ready for a relationship and I'm I'm ready for someone to communicate how they feel about me and for someone to meet me and have the courage and the strength to fall in love with me. You'd be like, okay, check. <laughs> and then if they said things like, you know, I, similar to this example, I want someone to know that if they say to me, this is how I feel um, and about you, that I will, I will receive that with love and kindness, no matter if the feelings are reciprocal or not. Then you're like, I have nothing to lose. I can say something and the truth shall still set me free. Just a call on last week. Mm-hmm. Right. I just think that that's like, that's a, that's a powerful position to put someone else in while putting yourself in a powerful position. Good stuff. Um, yeah. okay. My next question that I have gotten out of the fishbowl here is i think my boss has a crush on me should i pursue it and if i do how do i protect myself no (laughs) yeah straight up no no do not dip your pen in company ink don't no (laughs) even if it is reciprocal no not unless you're quitting first yeah quit that job quit that job you will i can never make a case 
I can, I will never, ever, ever make it. I don't care if you're the last two people on the earth working at NASA to save us all from a, from a space. I don't care. No, that's a hard no. Well, it not only works with that person, there's too much of a power differential that's going on here too. They're your boss, which does mean that they have to do, I would assume performance reviews. They uh, get to decide on raises, what uh, position you get. You are asking for so much red tape that's going on here. If it's a big company, HR has to be involved. Like this is not just a relationship at that point. It's like a liability as far as the company is concerned. Yes. So if, yeah, you are on your way out the door and you want to pursue this, great, go ahead. But not while you are actually working at that company. Yeah, no one will respect you because everything you earn and everything that goes mm-hmm. great will be attributed not to your professional acumen but your personal choices and oh my god i do not i do not understand how anybody thinks this is a good idea i can make no case for this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so no if i congratulations on having a boss that thinks you're hot move on move on if he thinks you're hot someone else will think you're hot actually i just assume that the boss is a male yeah we don't know but can you guys start some start you know properly telling us who you are that was such a vague question can i read the next one my boss is santa claus and i think (laughs) (laughs) and he only works one day a year is that a red flag okay here's the next question i have a girlfriend and i really really love her i think she could be the one We've been dating for six years and through college. The problem is that I keep getting crushes. I see other women and men Mm. and I'm obsessed thinking about them, wanting to be with them and fantasizing about it. But then the crush fades and I'm so happy I have my girlfriend. What do I do? Okay, so I have a few different things I want to say about this, because by the sounds of this, you are a bisexual person, uh, which I myself am as well. And there is a fairly well-known thing within the bisexual community of something called the bicycle, which means that sometimes you are just very, very highly, for lack of a better word, horny <laughs> for for other people. It seems to like come and go, you know, every few, mon- few months. And what, what has to be contended with then, of course, is that if you are in a relationship and this starts raging, what your partner can sometimes feel like is like, I am not enough for you when that isn't the truth. And as you kind of point out here, no, you're so grateful and you're so uh, into this person. I feel, and I don't know, Jen, if you're going to disagree with me here, I feel like if it is a, a crush, people that you're finding attractive, I don't necessarily, there's anything wrong with that impulse or that thing jumping up at you. If you feel you can talk to your partner about it, I think that the better way to go about this is letting them know about like, oh, that person's cute or that person's hot. But again, reiterating that you're so glad that you are with them. This is not something that you're acting upon. It's one of those things that even if you are in a committed relationship, you are with the love of your life. There is always going to be infatuations that pop up every now and then. I just think it is more a test of your character on how you pursue those infatuations and how you how you deal with them. Do you remember those old SNL skits? Well, I guess they weren't old with Kristen Wiig and Jason Sudeikis. And it would be like two assholes by a Christmas tree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you remember all those skits? Yeah. I think we're two assholes with a podcast on this question. Sure. <laughs> because I agree with you, although I don't want to. I agree with you that it is unrealistic to expect that you will be in a long-term relationship and not have, a, not have other crushes. I think it falls within human behavior to like like have a crush and a little fantasy. And I think I am using those two terms interchangeably. I'm not sure how wise that is, but for the sake of this answering this question, I will. It is an in- inevitability that you will look at someone and just think, oh my God, like I wonder what it would be like to be with them. And I wonder what they're like. And I wonder what they're like in bed. And I wonder if, like, you just are going to do it. You just, I you just can't mm-hmm. help it. I, I will tell you that, remember I was saying earlier that I, like, I was like, I've never had crushes. And then I was like, oh shit. Yes, I have. I can tell you at the, at the end of my, my last relationship, I had a pretty serious crush on one of my colleagues at at Harvard. See, now I've name dropped it twice. Now I go to Ivy League jail. But I, he was my, he was my classmate. And I remember like everything he said and Mm -hmm. did. And I put a whole, I wrapped a whole fantasy around that guy. I was just like, oh my God, I wonder who like the girl who gets to be with him is so lucky, I bet. But I think it, it's about the two tests, right? Like is the, is the crush and the fantasy so evolved that you would be embarrassed or ashamed to disclose it to your partner? then it's too far. And the second part of the two test would be, are you acting on it? Are you texting that person? Are you flirting with that person? 
Are you engaged in some pretty nefarious activity with that person? Then you're being completely unfair to your partner and you're using that partner as a safety blanket. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair to you. You should go to federal prison for that also. I need to start to come up with like the offenses because I'm saying federal prison in every podcast now. But I think what I'm saying is if it can't cross the two hurdles of I would feel embarrassed or I would be held to the ire of my partner if I disclosed the nature of my fantasy. Uh, And the second thing is, am I acting upon it in any way? In those cases, you have a responsibility to let that person go and be happy with somebody else and serve your time in relationship prison. Yeah. Um, But if it's, if it's a harmless, like something you think about and, and let me be clear about how much I mean harmless. I have this like irrational fear. I'm even doing this with Jesus. If you're, if you're in bed with that person and you're looking at them deep in the eye and you're thinking, are they thinking about somebody else? I think that that's, oh, that's awful. Yeah, that's yeah. awful. But that's awful. This is a kind of a another sidetrack moment here on this podcast. You're, are you familiar with like the hall pass or the uh, like uh, uh, either oh, married yes. people or something like, here's my one pass. If I ever met this person, they were totally down for it. It would be okay. Yeah, your your hall pass or your fuck it list. Yeah, your fuck it list. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what it is. Yeah. Do you believe in that sort of thing or do you think that that's a bridge too far? Because I find that, I don't know, uh, I've had so many friends who have that list, but it's always like a jokey thing. Like it's not necessarily like serious. Yeah, obviously, John Stewart, if you're listening, <laughs> my list is real and my home address <laughs> is available to you. Well, it's usually celebrities. It's not like katie that i work with right like that's not (laughs) although i will i will say i will say that when i was when i was married my husband asked me like who's on your Mm -hmm. who who would be your five and just to prove how stupid it was i was like um stephen colbert Mm -hmm. jonathan reese myers uh steve carell john stewart and probably your brother <laughs> and he was just like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, those would be the five. I think that's a good, that's a good roundabout good list. Round. And it was this idea that it was like, oh my God, what are those people is accessible to you? That's right. So that's right. I, I, that was my, that was my goal of proving how stupid it was. I remember his list was the Food Network chef Nigella Lawson five <laughs> times. I was just like, that was his whole thing. But yeah, no, I mean, those fantasy lists or whatever. I think a hall pass is something different because it's saying, like, I'm going to let you be sexually satisfied with insert bingo card here. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a that's a different thing. That's a different thing. And I have a funny backstory with Hall Pass. We should do an episode about yeah, Hall we Passes. Should. Let's do that. Because Let's if I that. was in a relationship and I was asked that question, basically, I would move heaven and earth to see if Andrew Garfield would be down. Oh, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Uh, OK, final question. Uh, <laughs> well, this is basically... A sum up of what we started with. I'm so tired of my friends and family telling me I need to talk to my crush and share how I feel. Like it's an easy conversation. I am an introvert. How do I even start? I did not send this question in, Jen. I was going to say, this sounds like a question just for you, sir. Mm -hmm. What do you say? What do I say? Yeah, this is a question clearly for you. Speak to your people. I don't know. I mean, what I'm supposed to say is like, just rip off that band-aid. Don't live in shame and don't live... uh, a life of fear and don't be that person in five years that like what could have been because you never know what's waiting on the other side but i also know that the reality is that it's scary and it sucks talk about fantasy my head starts spinning in like a thousand different directions like this is gonna crash and burn they're gonna block me they're gonna tell all my friends i'm this, like, this fucking weirdo like i go a worst case scenario very very quickly they're gonna call that's the fbi so i can't place, get guys. into the united states anymore like there is gonna be something <laughs> that's gonna happen Somehow it'll be me and Bruce Willis on an asteroid. It'll that's be terrible. Right, that's right. I have a slightly different take. And I do, but I will say that there's nothing more painful for introverts than people who are like, reach for the stars, mm-hmm. be bold. Be, it's like, I'm not wired that way, you psychopath. <laughs> like, there's nothing. We do live in a world that favors the ext- extroverts, even though I think it's introverts that get everything done. But I found this Yale study mm-hmm. and it says, Give them a warm beverage. And I laughed so hard when what I read that it mean? until I read the until I read the entire study. And it basically says if someone is holding a hot coffee or a hot beverage, they have more warm feelings 
toward the person that gave it to them. That's, Isn't that crazy? That's so, so my stupid. Answer, <laughs> so my answer is, yes, yeah, speaking to the, yeah, exactly. Um, so here, my, hold this my coffee. strategy is. How long have I been waiting here with this coffee? No, but you th- you're, you're looking at it through the wrong lens. If I, if, if you were having a hard time yeah. and I said, come on, let's go for a coffee. And then I, I handed you over a warm mug of your favorite hot chocolate and it had little colored marshmallows in it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you drank it and I just said like, how are you doing, Kyle? I bet you your cold ass heart would warm to me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's hard. So I would start with a hot beverage. Take them for a hot beverage. Plus that gives them something really good to throw in your face. If they- Oh my God. <laughs> I don't want to conflate introversion with being pessimistic, which is whatever you're pulling out of your ass tonight on this podcast. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, yeah, I would try a I would try a hot beverage and then do what I recommended earlier, which is to create your choice architecture, which is just to say, I always pride myself on being a person who can be honest with someone and that someone will know how hard that is for me and that they will meet it with grace mm-hmm. and let that person say, I'm like that. And you're like, are you really? Let's test it. But I, I'm also lactose intolerant. So these marshmallows are not <laughs> a great they idea. Shit my pants. And then provide a caveat statement. Like it's the same thing we teach little kids, right? We teach little kids to say like, this scares me mm-hmm. or this makes me feel uncomfortable or this makes me feel unhappy. Provide the same kind of you know, this is really nerve wracking for me to say, or I feel terrible, or I have run through 75,000 scenarios of how this could play out. And one of them are good, mm-hmm. but I'm going right. for it because the not knowing is worse than knowing. Right. Um, yeah. So GQ magazine published an article in 2019 called how to deal with crushes when you're in a relationship. And there really is some good advice in there, like how you it can improve your existing relationship by forcing you to ask tough questions about whether you still want to be with that person and giving you a sense of like things that turn you on that maybe you then want to explore with your partner. But then there's one part in there that gives me pause. Mm-hmm. And it's this statement. They say, enjoy it. The point of a crush is to enjoy it while it lasts. Back in college, I had the worst, most agonizing crush on a total idiot. But I was having the time of my life because, well, that's how crushes make you feel. I told my best friend, I hope this lasts. And she bluntly reminded me it won't. At the time we laughed, but we both also knew that she was right. There's always an expiration date on a crush. Uh, Is enjoy it good advice? When you're in a relationship, Kyle? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest with you, because I don't even know if I agree with that. It's only around for a short time. I mean, yes, it's but going back to high school. I know that's when your like emotions are like raging and you're like at the sometimes the most heightened level. But like, I mean, I had a I had a crush that lasted like five years <laughs> back in high school that I didn't do anything about. And what happened? Oh, nothing. Oh, God. It didn't end anywhere. I didn't say anything. Of course I didn't. But barring that, I don't think it's right. Let me just start there. I don't think this is right. I, I feel like this is off base quite uh, quite a bit because I think the part of crushes that I keep coming to is that they're not fun. They, they feel isolating, that they feel like you're trapped in this thing of not knowing and knowing. And so I feel like the best thing to do is that if you're not in a relationship is, yes, probably to see where it's going to go. And if you are in a relationship, then you have to figure out, if is this just you fantasizing about a better life or is this a harmless affection that you can brush off with a partner? Like the, like the last question that was asked in the fishbowl, how much is this permeating your actual relationship that you have and you have to think about it from the other perspective i mean i would be devastated if i'm in i am i am and have been devastated by being in a relationship and that person is thinking about another person right and they're thinking about another feeling with somebody else i would just be like share that and let me move on so i can experience that same dopamine and draw that you're experiencing i just I I worry about the the idea and the advice. I think this is unqualified advice from GQ magazine saying enjoy it. Like enjoy a crush. I think you can enjoy a crush if you want to when you're outside of a relationship, but I think inside of a relationship like they're going to happen, but I don't like the idea of indulge yourself. I right. just don't, especially when there's someone else's heart involved. Yeah, I think why this might be rubbing me the, the wrong way a little bit. This is also going to open a can of worms that we'll probably get uh Letters written in about 
but oftentimes how porn addictions can start, right? It's like, well, it's not hurting anyone. I'm just watching this. That's a good similarity. Well, it spins out of control. I'm like, I'm not here to body shame. If you want to use pornography inside the relationship, great. But I'm just saying when it's one-sided and that's all you're focusing on and it's just like this fantasy that I get to indulge. I don't know. I don't think, I don't see that as healthy. I just think that it always gets back to something I was saying to a girlfriend of mine, which is that, you know, if a man's on top of me, is he thinking about me? Mm. Or does he close his eyes and think about something else? And if it's something else, let me crawl out of that space and never come back. Are you and not I just supposed think, to like, think the... about the Queen of England? Because that was what I was talking about. <laughs> Martha Stewart. It's only Martha Stewart. Yeah, I just think like this article specifically is called how to deal with a crush when you're in a relationship. Like, right, yeah, yeah. It begins with the assumption that there's somebody else that loves you. And I, I don't know, maybe I'm, people are calling it out that I'm pretty trigger shy about monogamy and being faithful. <laughs> And maybe that's just how conservative I am. But I, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. But speaking of things I don't also don't like, I don't like the leaving things um, open-ended. So we've talked for an hour about crushes. Yeah. What are you going to do about yours? Oh, I was dreading Officially. this. I was trying to hope we could wrap this episode no up. Because no more filibuster. Without... <laughs> yeah, you, knew, you know me. I'm going to speak for the next five hours and then you'll forget about this and we're going to move on. <laughs> No. Oh boy. I mean, I want to be like this bold person here at the end of the show and be like, you've convinced me. I'm going to make that first step. But I don't know. I think, I think I'm still too uh, in my own head about it. Here, let's do this. I will, I will update you next week, of course, but I will, I will commit to uh, reaching out to this person to ask them about relationships generally and see, see where they're at. If they're even looking for a relationship right now. And see and see where that conversation goes. I'll I'll commit to that. Okay. I'll update okay, you next week. We're checking in next week. And if I'm on the no fly list next week, I am blaming you, Jen. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake, you're not gonna be on a no fly list. Like, how bad are your conversational skills? What are you gonna open with? Like, hey, do you think a whole body can fit in a suitcase? Like, what are you opening with? You can fly with box cutters now, right? Um, all right. Well, you've heard about, uh, you've heard all of our unqualified advice. Um, I hope you've listened to the whole episode to get to this point. You can get in contact with us in a, quite a few different ways. There is our website, of course, somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That is Jen with two N's. Over there, you're going to find, of course, the fishbowl where you can submit questions to. Also, there is a question of the week where you can submit really any question that you want that we can use on a future episode. Over on social media, we are at somebody date on Twitter and at somebody date JK over on Facebook. The other thing, though, I should point out is that if you are, of course, listening to this podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, or any other of the millions of platforms are out there right now. If you could leave a rating and review on whatever app you use for podcasts, it gives us a great boost in discoverability. And uh, we want to we want to talk to more people and uh, <laughs> show how unqualified we are for the other singles out there. Watch Kyle self destruct. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> if you if you want to see somebody like fold in on themselves like a dying star live and in person, we should bump up our numbers so you can see that happen. Oh my God! <laughs> like Kyle says, he is Kyle Marshall. I am Jen Sanford. Thank you for joining us this Friday night. Be safe out there. And good luck out there, and we'll see you next Friday. Good night. Bye.